for this podcast. We're proud to partner with Zurich Life and Investments. As one of the last true independent life insurers, Zurich has always believed in the value of advice and the professionals who provide it. They continue to invest in programs such as this one that are designed to strengthen the health and reputation of the advice profession. They're excited about the chance to partner with us, XY Advisor, to help shape the future direction of advice and help make it more accessible to more Australians. To find out more or to check out some of the latest advisor support tools, visit the website or ask your Zurich BDM. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> what do I say? Do I say, hi, I'm Stella from Absolute Wealth Advisors? <laughs> Perfect. You nailed it. You nailed it. Everyone meet Stella <laughs> from Absolute Wealth Advisors. <laughs> Champion advisor. Works actually works quite closely with Ben. Yeah. Desk yeah. buddies until very recently, for the last three years. Uh, Stella Stella holds the record for the loudest keyboard tapping on the planet, actually. <laughs> so it's like when Stella's working, you know she's working. It's like open the door to the office. <laughs> Not mucking around, eh? No, that's so everyone knows I'm working. And I, I'm pretty sure she buys the um, the extra loud keyboards, you know, the ones with the really big keys. It's not like those soft yeah. feel. Like the ones where you're sort of like looking around as you do it, but obviously that no. Stella's not really doesn't care. Like No, I'm just there constantly. Did you guys know that I'm working? She did. Oh, yeah. You can't miss it. You can't miss it. No. So what's Ben's desk like, Stella? Let's see how it's out to you, bro. Oh, he's never really there, so it's pretty clean. You're always working from home. Yeah. I've been working in the office a little bit more now. We just moved for WeWork. WeWork, mm-hmm. new WeWork, York Street. We were talking yeah. about this before. How are those free beers going, Ben? Free beers are pretty good. Yeah. Had to cut one of my clients off in their strategy meeting the other, the other uh, week. Was, oh, really? Uh, yep. Too many beers. I was like, well, we're making some important decisions right now. Maybe, just, maybe, just like, maybe, maybe four beers is enough beers. He was uh, nervous. I don't think he was nervous. I think he just liked to drink. But, just a thirsty uh, fella. That was good. It's, uh, you know, people enjoy my presentations more when they're drunk. So, Oh, is that? So those um, the workshops you do, you get? Oh, well, that's the strategy. This was a strategy meeting, but it's effectively a presentation. I oh, suppose. so the alcohol isn't the strategy? No, oh, no, okay. surprisingly, <laughs> no. Making money is the strategy. Alcohol is a um, uh, maybe a catalyst. Do we call it a catalyst? <laughs> was it a Friday? A Support. <laughs> no, it was, it was a Wednesday. My strategy Afternoon or morning? Wednesday. Afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Is this I don't out- think I don't think they enforce it, but you're not supposed to drink the beers until the afternoon. Aren't say. you? That's what start. they say. I don't just know. Sitting I had there. a beer at four o'clock in the office the other day, and someone was like, "Oh, you're at it early." I was like, <laughs> "What do you mean?" Self-employed. This is what you do. Anyway. Yeah, yeah they should make him come on at like five o'clock maybe. I think they're on all day. Yeah. That's a bad thing. But anyway, so. How, how long have you been self-employed? Self-employed? Aren't you sort of, you run the. Yeah, I think it, it's been about. Like you've taken over from Paul, haven't you? Like you run the show now, don't you? No. Oh, yeah. you've, been running, you've been running the show <laughs> I've for I've been years. running it since the first day. Pretty much. Yeah, okay. So since you joined, you've been. the Wealth Network, Paul. What does he do again? He's marketing manager. <laughs> marketing manager, marketing manager slash uh, motivational guru in the yes. in the in the office, and it's just knobs and a noisy, noisy keyboard, just <laughs> carrying absolute wealth. <laughs> so, so Sally, you you've sort of um, been working through a couple of uh, additions to your family the last few years. Is that- yes. So when I started Absolute Wealth Advisors, I had two kids, and then I was probably there for about eight years. And I've just had another one. So that's been interesting and a very good experience actually working for them. So, two, so two well gingers. supported? Yes, very well supported. 
So I suppose when you they're dependent on you, you sort of just got to yes. do whatever you ask them for. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and was it that because um, the first two are gingers and then so- no, I've actually got a multi-coloured family. Like one is an inner inner. If you say it correctly, but one is red, one is like brunette, and the other one, the new one's blonde. Wow. There you go. So, Nailed it. Selection. Can't stop so well, you're like not going to get confused going. then. No. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how the the gap in the ages, how's it been with uh, the two older ones with the younger? It's been a big surprise again coming back to having a baby so it's been hard because yeah. how, long, how long have we been 10 years 10 years 10 yeah. years so that's been Shit hard knobs. yeah yeah and so you because you were you you've been at absolute for eight years but you you pushed pretty hard when you started there and yes. ended up becoming a shareholder in the business when did that happen that was probably about oh God, I can't even remember, like three probably three to five years after I started with them right so yeah, and I how did you? Pretty hard how, at the start. Yeah, Dean told me. How did you? Um, <laughs> how did you approach that whole like the the conversation with the guys? How is it? Because I know that a lot of people they start as employees in businesses, and this clearly, absolutely, is a very like as an established mm. business been going for you know a few years. By that time, they had a big you know or a, de- a decent sized client base already. So how did you? How did you go about that? So it was actually them that approached me, and I. You know, it was an honour to be asked and I thought, you know, thought about it seriously and it was something that I thought, you know, why not do it, you know. They're a great team. I think it always comes back to who you work with and want to be with for a long time. So, yeah, I could see they run a great business and so, Went for it. Went for it. Right. Five keyboards later, here you are. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually ten. I'm not surprised. (laughs) And so, how do you how do you approach work? Because you work pretty flexibly. You live like miles and miles away. Yes, it's only in Cameltown. We don't live in a tent. No, I didn't <laughs> say tent. It's just a long way away. Yeah, it's a long way. But you're doing that. You're juggling like a little yeah. one and and a couple of young kids as well. Um, how do so you approach that? that's been the best thing about working with Absolute Wealth. We have a lot of um, like flexibility, and also we can take our computers and then go wherever you want. Like. Yesterday our office was flooded, for example, and we could just pick up and leave. So that was good. Um, but, yeah, that's what helps a lot because I do three days at work at home and then two days in the office, which is just jam-packed full of client meetings. So, And how do you, ba- how do you balance your workload around, like, family commitments and stuff like that? Like when you're working from home, are you, like, are you doing stuff with the the fam bam or like you know you're bouncing the kid and you got the <laughs> on the phone at the, the same time? Sometimes I am, and it's really bad because like I only save those kind of calls for service providers because if a kid screams, I'm like, oh sorry, that was just. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I usually make time for client stuff, and then um like when they're at daycare, I'll do a lot more intense, you know, Type client of. work. So yeah, right. it is balancing, but I feel like I'm always on. I have to set boundaries because if I wake up, I can be on and then keep working till like nine o'clock at night when you finish. Yeah. And I'll go to bed. Yeah. So that's you hunting to set rules that I just stop at a certain time. And do um, you work around like you do work in like blocks or do you just go, that's my work day and then I'm family, I'm family, Stella? Yeah, like I'll start in the morning, do a bit till lunchtime, have a bit of a break, a breather. I'll, ha- I'll go to the gym as well, maybe in that time. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then in the afternoon, I start up again till crazy time starts around five. 
And then sometimes I still <laughs> do a little bit more. But, yeah, you have to set boundaries because otherwise you just work. And I find that that, that that's happened talking to other people. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. this is Adrian's oh. life. He, yeah. just, he just works. You have day, to just stop. Oh, I do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 set time, five o'clock. I could, I could definitely stop more. Um, but if you enjoy the flexibility when you can, then you sort of you got to roll with it when it's mm. running and just mm. do the work at the time. I tried to make a rule that I wouldn't work after 7 p.m., but I really stick to the rule because it's like sometimes you just need to get stuff done. Yeah, if you can get stuff done, it's going to get done. Yeah, and then you just start, pick up your phone at, you know, 8 o'clock. Oh, there's an email there. She's going to say, buddy, Paul and Dean have done all right having a, an employee, like, that puts that much, has trouble putting down the, the laptop. That's uh, that's a good thing to have. Well, I think that's why you become a, a business partner, right? Yeah. And so what are you working on at the moment in the business? So I've got my own clients, so... Just pretty much same as what I was before. I just came back when I was on maternity leave. Um, I did a lot of work leading up to that. So then I've just slotted back in, taking back on the client work, starting up the year again because I only really took six months off. So uh-huh. just went, and that was like towards the end of the year where it's not as busy. So came back in, did the end of financial year. So thing. how did how do you manage that with the clients? Because I suppose like people have breaks from mm. – like being an advisor on and off every now and again? Like how how did you work around it? So, well, everyone knew that I was going on leave anyway, but I found that I did a lot of work to prepare to go, like doing a lot of handover stuff. So things were still ticking while I was gone. Mm -hmm. A lot of the meetings I'd had earlier in the year, so it was, you know, all their reviews and things were done. And then when I came back in, just got up and running, I think being there for the – you know, April, May, June is important because that's when we do a lot of the inner financial planning year stuff. So um, being back for that, that was the main thing. I don't know if how it would have gone otherwise, but, yeah, that was the main thing. Good timing. Good timing, nice. yeah. <laughs> Plan the baby well. Yeah, lucky for, lucky for Paul. <laughs> and do you just – so you're just doing client management mainly as opposed to do you do, like, project stuff in – yeah, we've got a fun. yeah, we've got a few projects going on. So we all have our own little things that we're working yeah. on. I'm starting to do more of being a bit more training and mentoring of the other staff in oh, the office. Oh God, help us! I know. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> type harder. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going hard enough. You're not working long enough. You're not working hard enough. You're not typing loud enough. <laughs> so the way I'm gonna. I'm trying to approach it. So I do work when I'm like mainly catch up with them when I'm in the office the two days a week, but just starting to do things online and through like a video sharing screen thing. And then oh, yeah. also. Where did you get that idea from? Oops. From Dean. <laughs> and then like, and then also recording that so we can keep it on file. So people learn around and they can just watch the video because yeah. already, we're already trained someone. And then, yeah. Cool. That's the best way to do it. That's what yeah. I do. Just I'm pretty sure Dean stole that idea from me. Good old, um, good old I've looms. Sold, a few I've looms, Stella. Get Cut. a bit of loom happening, is it? What do you use? What tech? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, loom. Yeah, Dean tried to use that. No, we use Teams a lot. That's what you know, Microsoft Teams. I've heard of Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. So we run a lot of meetings on that. So sometimes we'll have like five of us all from different areas on teams together and just doing a meeting. Is that a video thing? Yeah, it's Microsoft. It's like the oh, three six five yeah. version. Oh, these I've software. Heard of, I've heard of Microsoft. It's actually pretty good. 
Yeah. yeah, you would have heard of Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hate Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, so you wouldn't even know what it is. I'm not a fan. Probably a no. Google man, are you? Yeah, well, I think they Microsoft dropped the ball for so long. Yeah. And then – They're coming back, but yeah. – I, yeah. I think they've been pushing pretty hard. I know Dean's stoked with them and all the, the SharePoint and that. Yeah, that's the, really good. Like, yeah. especially working from home, like, you just literally open up a web browser and the client stuff's all there like, mm. in a filing. It takes a little bit of time to get used to because you know how you're used to everything being in, yep. like, a, a desktop with the files Folder. there, the folders. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the only thing that's a bit different. Mm. And so what, so is your project mainly to do the training stuff or are you involved in, are you working on other projects in the business outside of the client stuff? Not really, not at this stage. Yeah. Smashing it. Smashing got a big it. enough team, I suppose. Yeah, and I've, you know, got enough on to do, keep me busy <laughs> keep with the, the clients. Keep the yeah. <laughs> and so your client base is all um, like mainly older retirees, a lot of business owners and that sort of stuff. Mm. Do you, like in terms of your your book and you're looking after a certain subset of clients in the business, is it, how did, how did you go about choosing them? Is it just the people that you connected with initially or is it a certain sort of like type of clients in you? Yeah, so I kind of just get a mixed lot of them. I've got a lot of PYIG, PYIG, people, sorry. And then I've got just a few different like retirees as well. So, yeah, it's a kind of mix, all different ages. So I'm not like just the younger people. I've got older clients as well. So it's just, you know, who we kind of get new clients into the business and if we work together on them then they just get handed off so and how do you do you because i actually haven't asked this question for a while but like do you have different different packages for clients or like how do you work with your clients ongoing once they're because it's mainly like management of of existing clients right yeah so what when we have new clients we have a like a wealth mentor package which is like you get a full service of everything and you pay an upfront fee and then ongoing fee for that so that's everything we review you know all the planners would know the standard things like the cash flow, the debt. Mm. The, you know, do you have certain that steps that you go through, or do you like scope it and yeah? Stage so it we out? we do that with clients. They get an like once we sign them up, they get a big action plan, and we kind of work to that, which is kind of in the same structure of you know your cash flow, your debt, and then we follow that. And you know, some clients won't have it all, but some have. You know, most of them will have it all, and then we just work through that action plan. And hopefully get it done within a year, but usually that doesn't happen, um, as you know, clients. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we try to do that, and you know, and then hopefully by the end of that year, they have a full plan they can walk away with and have all their goals kind of ticking over related to that plan. And and then that moves into uh, ongoing. Yeah, ongoing. Right. And you find that when you do ongoing, it's there's always things that change. It's like you're constantly working on that thing. It's like, wow, how, you know, things just change so much in people's lives that you just, it's all the time just reviewing it. So is it, do you find, are you able to stick to a regular uh, meeting yearly or do you find it just stuff pops up and you can't really stick to the annual sort of setup? We try to stick to the annual, like some clients uh, annually, semi-annually, but, you know, if things pop up, we will meet them for that. Mm. Um, But yeah, we try to stick to a certain date schedule, but of course that never you know, people on holidays and things Having like that. Having babies yeah. and that's something. That's it. Having babies. So, yeah. <laughs> but you you map out like your whole year of we do. all of the yes. reviews. So we have a big map epic. and we try to make sure that the clients fit in um, to that. Like every client gets a full SOA every year. 
So we make, and then if they're like twice a year, then they get a half yearly review. So we're trying to map out not to do so many SOAs in one month, balancing yeah. it all out. Mm-hmm. And then ones with tax So load balancing, you might say. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the tax planning gets the ones that need a lot of work will get done April, May, no reviews in January or in December. So. No reviews in December, January. Either June or July, I think. Yeah, June we kind of out as well. Yeah, because yeah, we kind of it's pretty good. We're Do all the tax planning all the, in May. Yes, that's that's the Europe June Europe time. Is that after summer in Europe? Is that why they're breaking? <laughs> I think it's so that they can do the work of the yeah. back of the Oh, I like okay. That. No yeah, up. because we find it in June we're always running around doing last minute things from like you know just getting stuff done for all the time clients. critical stuff really yeah. pops up, and always a week before people are still running around doing stuff. So you kind of have to be ready. Yeah. No, no matter how much you I've got these clients every year and they generally give me like two to four days and then they're calling, oh, should I, should I make contributions to my super before the end <laughs> of the year? And it's like every year it's like, shit, we've got to like try and get it into the fund. and anyway. Yeah, we had one walking like, like $15,000 in cash between banks because he couldn't transfer yeah. it in time. Oh, shit. Oh, right. <laughs> it's a good effort. So that was pretty funny. But yeah, that's what we, we can't do a calendar around that map it out every year, which I think is good. I like it works that. well. I like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. I just follow through with, yeah, my clients sort of where they land, but I like the idea of that. Yeah, because you kind of can move them around a month or two, like depending yeah. on when you get them on. But a lot of them, you, do you do a yearly thing like where you bed down someone over a year? I do. Uh, no, I do the initial planning and then the setup, and then it's just like you're on an ongoing thing. We do an annual review, but I do a monthly like a monthly progress call with mm. them. So we sort of see it's actually five weekly and we stick to that cycle. And then by the, like the ninth one, then I just like, well, it's time for your review. The next call we just do as a, like that's like the fact find meeting yeah. again, like re fact find, which we, we already know. So ask them for some stuff, do the, do the fact find meeting, figure out what they want to do in the next 12 months and then catch up, do the strategy present the SOA. We have an SOA, not much. Is, we don't do much on the product side, so it doesn't change much from that side, but it's mm. more just like what's go through the modeling, figure out what they want to actually do. New um, opt-in every year. How, the opt-in. Actually, still, how much do you go on the modeling? What do you guys, how do you guys use modeling? Is it like? Yeah, so we use, you use Advisor Logic, the cash flow tool in that, don't you? I do. Yeah, yeah. so we use that too, which is, it's a really good like we find you on 2.0 yes i'm too scared to change to 2.0 oh it's i think it's a lot better and easier to use i've heard that yeah just do it i just haven't clicked on the link it's pretty much exactly the same (laughs) right really oh okay just i think i don't like i don't like change yeah it it is annoying how they can't just um import export like everything to the new one you have to kind of set it all up again oh is that right yeah but it is it is really good and how do do you use the modeling do you use it in there with the clients yes so we a lot of meetings we do, like, because a lot of times you don't get everything before the meeting. So you don't know if a client's had a, you know, when you do their review, have they had a pay increase or what their debt is. Like, even though you email them or talk to them before, a lot of them won't send it to, like, the day before. So it's a good fact-finding tool too because it you have to go through everything and say, what's your income, what's your expenses, what's your debt, what this, all these things that the client kind of manages themselves. Mm-hmm. Um so we use it in the meeting and we can run like live scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean actually just did yesterday. He made a video of him talking and modeling and then is emailing that to the client. Yeah, nice. So that's pretty fancy. I think that works well. I've got this client that I've been working with. She's in Paris 
and she and she's she refuses to do meetings in the morning. She says she's not a morning person. So we end up doing, and I don't like I don't like doing meetings in the morning because I don't, I like to go to the gym and mm-hmm. you know if I can be bothered to get up. And then I like to have the mornings to do my things, you know, like to catch up. Like that's my quiet time before people start. But anyway, so the the earliest I'll do meetings with her is seven o'clock, which I think is like seven a.m. That's that's pretty early, you know. Like I'm not doing it before then. That's her eleven p.m. though, right? So clearly she's a night person. But I say to her, you know, like surely it would be better to just get up and do it because seven o'clock in the morning over there or eight o'clock or nine o'clock even is like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. So I don't understand how anyone can't like, you know, (laughs) just go to work a little bit later or put some time. Anyway. Maybe maybe your sultry tones help her get to sleep then. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, financial planning at midnight. I'm like, I do an hour and a half strategy meeting with her and it's like, man, I can't, I don't know how anyone could take this stuff in at that time. Like, anyway. I smashed a bit of coffee over in France so maybe that's, that keeps it going. But so I did the, the same thing where I had the the model and like I, I talked, I, I did the meeting and, and spoke through it with her anyway, but I... I oh, good one, Patty. <laughs> Uh, but I also just I just recorded the screen and and spoke through it. I find that that works really well. I've been using that a, a fair bit with clients actually. The Which Loom, Loom, yeah, mm. Loom. Yeah, I that's use. what I use. Yeah, deep. Loom or Cam- I use Camtasia as well. Mm. So if it's something that needs to be more like robust, Camtasia, put it on YouTube, send them the link. Loom ones are easy. You can password protect it if it's anything sensitive in there. Mm. Yeah, um, it's super easy. The files are quite small mm-hmm. as well, and then just send it straight over you can you can give them some background or record like even in a meeting with the client and then record the screen mm. and then or zoom recordings like if yeah, you're doing a video thing. video call talking through the strategy stuff whiteboard on the ipad and then it's like in the in the folder i think that stuff yeah it's well, a, the video compliance as well because mm. you're going well the, the conversation is there right mm. so you, how do you how do you guys save those recordings you're saying you store yours and I normally just put them in the file. I, I share it with the client. I share it back with the client. Yep. Um, the actual from Zoom. Yep. I compress it. I've got. I use a handbrake thing, which is a Mac app. I think. I, I don't. Maybe it goes for other things, but it makes videos really small. Okay. And then I just put it in their folder. What about you, sir? Yeah, we send links. So we on SharePoint, you can actually link files to clients, and then they just click on it, and it comes up. Um, so they've got their stuff there, like a video. But yeah, we send the links from like that that software as well with a password on it. Yeah. And do you do? Are you doing with your reviews and stuff? Are you doing them mainly in person or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the office. So I'll book out the days that I'm there and do the meetings face to face. And then, yeah, we we do have clients that do online, but you find it's mainly the remote ones that are more open to that. Mm-hmm. We do. I think it's a great thing, though, to do more and try and push. Campbelltown's to do pretty it. remote, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> What's the flight time? <laughs> now <hour> twenty. <laughs> now twenty on the bullet train from uh, Macarthur. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you? Oh, you go. I was just going to say, like, with that, do you find that you've been able to train like some clients? Because you're saying they're a bit older demographic. Have you been able to train them into like? embracing some of this? I think a lot of people know what Skype is. Like even the older ones, we've got actually clients in Tasmania. Um, they're on the older generation and they Skype, they all know what Skype is. I find Skype's better for them. Mm-hmm. But if you want to try something new and fancy, I think it's easier to do 
with the younger ones. Mm. Mm. I got a few. Well, obviously, I've worked mainly with young people, but I've got a few older ones that I got. My auntie's a mortgage broker. She refers me some clients and a few that are like fifties, fifties and and early sixties and stuff. And uh, it's a. Di- it's very. I notice it's such a difference with working with them. It's like normally I'll do like a Dropbox and share it with the clients, and then it's like <laughs> just drop your things in there and I'm like. These and I love these clients. They're they're all super lovely, but it's like there's weird yeah. stuff showing up in like they're sharing folders with me, and I'm and like they're going into the wrong places, and no, uh, have I have to, to email, email everything and stuff. Well. Yeah, it's like uh, that's quite a difference with the. Yeah. yeah, I think you have to kind of target like what you're doing to the client as well. Like you never mm. know what they're like anyway. Even younger ones, technology wise. Yeah. It's hard. You find that you have to do different things for different clients to mm. suit them. And the guys in IT, IT, and I've got a couple of clients like cybersecurity and stuff, and they just yes. struggle so hard with technology. And it's <laughs> unbelievable to me. I'm going, you're the technology person. Probably because like, they can't get into their computer. I know yeah, now we've got all these, guy. these Super authenticated security. things. And oh, two factor. Yeah. yeah, they go for the Dutch intern that set me up. Yeah. On all that stuff because I had no idea. Yeah, it's important <laughs> though. That stuff. <laughs> Santa. Yeah, Santa. <laughs> important though, the security, yeah. I suppose. I think oh, everything absolutely. now is like that authenticator thing. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's good though. Yeah, I think. I think oh, it's good. It's good for your um, your liability because the amount of cyber breach, like you, the rules are coming in February. Mm. That shit's serious. Yeah, it's not yeah. very cool. Like having to disclose stuff and. Some fun conversations with the uh, with the lawyers trying to work through all the the privacy. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And it's good. Though. It's good to tell clients as well that we have this authenticator thing because they do ask. Like we have a lot of them that will ask things. Mm. Like yeah. you know, you set up a cash account for them, and they're like, "Oh, how do we? How do you get money in and out? You know, you have to tell them all these things, and you know, how do you transfer? We don't have any access whatsoever. Mm. So." You know, they are, they do ask, they're starting to ask more and more these questions, even with um, Macquarie's making these automatic payments that advisors can set up and send mm. a text to a client. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. if you don't tell the client that they're getting a text and things, they can get, oh, what's this? And Yeah. Yeah. So well, we, use we use AMP for. Do they have that fancy technology yet? You can set it up so that they do get text messages. Um, but but they have got limited advisor authority where you can actually just set up the payments within the ecosystem of accounts that they nominate. Mm. So they are, they're, from my knowledge, they're the only ones out there. That, that well, there's it. actually mm, some some of the platforms, the way they're running their cash management accounts for the ones outside of Super are enabling uh, direct debit connections. So like a bit like mm. well, I think what you're talking about with Macquarie potentially where, yeah, you can actually you actually have the platform as the cash manager. And it can you can direct any other accounts, and it's only mm. advisor limited access. So, because that's the whole thing about why you use AMP, isn't it? You yeah. don't want to have like those I don't cash have management trusts where you can just send it anywhere. No, wait, no too you much don't risk, want too to. much risk. No. And it's also, I, I, I think some clients would push back on that because, yes. like, mm. they sure. surely they want to know, know that I can't just send yeah their money anywhere. Yeah, I've had that. Yeah, the conversations I've had around it. Yeah, I think that is a. They're comfortable with that. They're like, well, we choose the bank accounts that are linked and you can that's And that's it. That that's only the way where it can go. That's mm. it. There's nowhere else. Yeah. Not yeah. in your ho- holiday fund account <laughs> yeah. in the Cayman Islands. The lifestyle account. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, it's like when Clayton used to have his buckets video. He talked about the five buckets, but he never never talked about that six bucket. Yeah. <laughs> which was which was his fees. Um <laughs> 
Uh, and how many clients are you looking after, Nobs? God, I don't even know. Oh, I think about, what, about 30 at least? Okay. Yeah, plus the product only, like, ones that come through. Right. That what we do, have. What do you do the rest of the time? I don't know. <laughs> Try and sleep. No, no, I don't even get any sleep because of the baby, but, yeah. 30 clients? Yeah, I think I've got about 30. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Must be uh, well paying clients. It's a premium yeah, service still. Maybe 20 to 30. I haven't even looked because I just got allocated a whole nother lot of them. So, uh-huh. yes. Right. And what do you? What about, so do you manage all of the product only guys in the business? Yeah. Right? So if they have any queries or they come um, for some more advice, like we, you know, every now and then they'll come and they say, can you review this for us or we want to make a contribution. So I'll handle those ones. And how do you? What, what's the ongoing, like, what does the ongoing service for those guys look like when they don't have specific questions and stuff? Um, we do ask, like, a lot of them will, it depends what we actually get from them. So, so some of them will get reviewed anyway, some, some of them are product only, but they actually get a lot of service. That, so, um, but, you know, the other ones, they'll get emails. We do review them once a year and things like that. But they always know we're there for them. If they need a lot of them, we still like they would have been the ongoing clients, but then their ongoing fee would have stopped. Yeah, like their you know their monthly fee, and then we just keep servicing them when they need us. How do you find it with matching up like the fees to like the amount of time and effort that you guys put in? Is it have you been have you got a rhythm in how to nail it, or is it always just like you guys have been doing this for a while? Mm. And even do you find it that you've been able to nail it, or do you find there's still just that swings around about effect that has to go on because you can't so pick what's going to happen? We have got spreadsheets that actually have times and what we spend on each area. Mm-hmm. So we can, like, say for client, we have an on like a, a new client, and they we say, oh, this is the full package fee. If they say no, we don't want help with this area, we can take that out and then reduce the fee. Mm-hmm. So we do, and then like some that we're not sure about because you know you get every you don't know what you're going to get really. We have set categories, but there's some that don't fit in there. So we will have a spreadsheet to work out what the time. And will you have, so if you're going through the year and you have a, like things start to rack up in terms of time, do you have that conversation and do you change the fee or is that conversation at the end of the year? Usually that doesn't happen. We're usually pretty good at upfront estimation of fees, but yes, we would have that conversation. And if things change with them and, you know, more fun under management and things like that, then yes, we would increase it. Okay. So, and you've set that expectations from the start. Yes. If you go out of this scope. Yeah, and it's all in there what, you know, we do for X and then, you know, if they have within reason, so say, you know, they need help with their mother's estate or something, yes, we might charge a bit extra for that. But sometimes you kind of don't depending on mm. what what else they or, or how detailed it is and things like that. And is that how, like, did is that how your role started in, um, in Absolute? Did you, like, is it? Has it changed over time, I suppose, like the the, yeah. the things that you're doing with clients and the sort of work? Yeah. Well, I started in client, if you wanted to know, I started in client service and then worked yeah. your way up to, um, yeah, but we've changed with the times. I think from the beginning though, it's always been very, you know, do the right thing by the client up front, take them through the whole How's process. That 
That hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> That's still going. Like, not the right thing. <laughs> That's never going to change. That's our whole principle of values of our business. So do the right thing by the client. And also like the principle of doing. I'm glad that you made that short. Thanks for clarifying, Elves. Oh, you didn't let me finish, Rob. Say, to say that. That's too good not to interrupt, sorry. Um, and then, you know, the principle of like, you know, it's a whole strategic package of advice that you give to help them get their goals. So we've got a process where you sign them up and you do a process where you say, where are you now? Where do you want to be in three years and where you want to be in 10 years? And we kind of then structure out, well, how does each of the financial planning areas fit in to get your goals? And then at the end, they, you know, we work on a plan on that. So that's always been the the same since the start, really. I don't think the business has really changed except. Yeah. How does it look? How do you communicate that to clients? So they get that in, we do it a lot of workshopping on the whiteboard in the initial meeting. Mm-hmm. So they get that. What's the, it's the four, it's four L's, four L's or something. Is Dino still rocking that one? The live, love, learn, learn, learn legacy or something? Yes, there's, there's those. So we do pull out a few things every now and then. So what's it like? like <laughs> He's saying that it was a bit more of a temporary. Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. I think he, he rolled that definitely for uh, for years. I don't know yeah. what he's doing now, but it's like the, you know, what are your 10-year oh, yes. goals? Who do you want to, where do you want to live? Who do you want to love? Like, like your yeah. kids, you know, look after them and that sort of stuff. What do you want to learn? And then what's, what's your legacy? Yes, yeah, so legacy. Yeah. That's it. Because oh. a lot of clients, you ask them to think about 10 years and a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know. Mm. Some people do have very defined goals, but some of them don't. So that draws that. Yeah that out when you do the live, love, learn mm. legacy because you yeah. ask them because a lot of them will have a different idea where they want to live in 10 years but they don't think about it, Yeah, leaving things to people. What's le- what's the, what, the no, learn- love? Sorry, what's the love? What's the love? One? I think it's maybe leaving, I don't know. Because that's like legacy as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, maybe. I'm confused now. Yeah, maybe it is I have to get love. Dino back on. And have, you, have, <laughs> have you got any stories from when like you've had these discussions and things have turned out really Conflicting with the couples. Yes. Well, some people will want it all and and we do get a lot of couples that are very on not on the same page and that does bring it out because you can kind of say, well, you want this, you want that, and how do you find a happy medium? So, for example, like we have one client that they hate debt but their partner really loves their holiday home. If it was up to them, they would sell it in instant to repay their debt. So it's trying to make it work so they can have – both things if they can. And did you find a happy medium? Yes, we're slowly repaying the debt down. And keeping the holiday home. Keeping the holiday home because that's all she wants is to keep the holiday home. Uh, Have you had any um, breakups as a result of the conflict being too much? No. No. I was fishing. Some clients are separated. Yeah, Yeah, how did that go? Well, I've got two clients. Now. So do you keep do you keep both of them? Do you find that it's yeah, hard? Do they so ask you? Do you keep yeah, I'm yeah. interviewing I you now. Said, yeah, I said to, I actually got um, Paul Paul Barrett in in your business. I, I asked him for some advice and said like what what do I what do I do? And um, basically just said to the I'd been working with them for like almost two years I think by that point, and they said they were splitting up. And I said, look, you know, I can uh, I can help with the things that they both needed help still. Mm. Uh, and then I said, you know, obviously once, well, I said, I spoke to them together and I said, I won't, um, you know, we'll do this initial piece of work together and, and figure out what to do. Cause I was sort of helping them with 
they split up their they had some cash and some investment they did that i didn't do i didn't like mediate the discussion and yeah, stuff yeah. but just in terms of actually we were with amp with the bank account set up new structures for them they moved the money over it was all it was fairly amicable set up new reaches reset the strategy for them individually and now we just keep working with them and then obviously don't disclose any further information yeah about the other party but it's funny because i do as i said i do these monthly calls and they still somehow they still end up on the same day so i, I normally end up speaking to <laughs> each of the, like i'll speak to one in the morning and then one in the afternoon which is i, th- I just think it's it's funny how that happens and even they change around and stuff but then they end up on the same day it's uh, it's really quite strange so I think it, it definitely makes a difference when the amicableness for you to be able to do that mm. because I had a I had a couple where I had good like good relations they were both clients and then the split happens but like I was maintaining conversations with both of them and sort of just working them through things I was just asking me questions in general about stuff and but because it got so poisonous between them that oh. I ended up with neither of them because they were both sort of like. Yeah, they're just they, you know too much about them oh, before or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was it was weird. I just they just sort of they lost the plot of it because it was just a nasty breakup. So yeah, it's sort of hard. I think that yeah, these guys did pretty well. They didn't have really have heaps of assets though. Like mm. they had some savings and then they had they had an investment account which um which had a bit and they they shut it down. But yeah, it's um. I think like, you know, I've got another client that's going through a separation at the moment and that's just an ongoing saga, one that just finished and that dragged on for ages. That was that was even amicable, but uh, it split and then I've got another new client and they're just about to separate, which is a weird thing. And uh, we're doing some financial advice like modelling for them to show them what so that they can figure out how they want to split it up. Yeah, wow. There's definitely, there's definitely something in that because I know um, my prosperity teamed up with Shit, I can't remember what they're called. Like a, an app, like a, it's a startup that essentially works with like breakups. But it was really interesting um, that like it's actually yeah. helped support that transition. And so I think it's a bit sort of that mediation space because I remember talking to like I had a, um, I was in this business networking group and there was a relationship expert where they there's a whole market around because the courts are so strained, like the yes. management of it through that that period. Well, they want yeah. you to go to mediation first mm. now and try that out to see if that works. And if to get that back doesn't, together. no, to separate yourself. Oh, yeah. Like try and work it out with someone yeah. like a third party that's yeah. been trained. I've got a client that's a mediator as well and oh, he right. helps yeah. with that. And he, you know, sits in there and has to give, you know, you don't tell them what to do but you have to guide them to yeah. make their own decision what is right without trying to go to court. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's Sorry. that's Catherine Gross, who uh, you know we, we've had on here before, and she's yeah. also under the Wealth Network. That's, that's like a right. whole business. She's working with the collaborative lawyers. She was the one that, when I was working with these clients recently, called her up straight away. I was like, "What?" Because this client called me, and normally I deal with people. They've they've separated. They're figuring it out. They've probably got lawyers. They're almost at the end. Or like these other clients where they just figured it out between themselves. Mm. They didn't involve a lawyer. I told them to get a binding agreement. I said, "Make sure you you know sign it off so that you guys know you're protected." But uh, I've not had it where this lady was like went to the lawyer and they were at the first step. They're like, speak to a finance person. So how they divide a couple of properties and some other assets. So, mm. um, so anyway, straight on the phone to to Grossi. But she's she's working with all these collaborative lawyers where it's like they agree yes. not to go to court. That's the commitment when you engage this person, and mm. then they're helping you try and sort of. Figure yeah, it there's out, a so. new type of lawyer. I've no yeah noticed these ones that actually will push you to do mediation and do collaborative. 
work. Well, I think the agreement is that you're not allowed to go to court if you engage the collaborative yes. lawyer. Like you have to make a commitment that you won't go to court uh-huh. and then you each have your collaborative lawyers and then mm. you figure it out. Yeah, anyway, it works better. Like, better get Crossy back on the show. She can give us the actual rundown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, but we did get a client through that. We had one lady and she was through a collaborative lawyer and we just helped her work out how does she live with what she's got offered so right. she could say yes or no. My client that I had this client and, and they the one they, they just finished the settlement like a month ago. She separated with her partner and they'd bought a they'd bought a house and they did it up. They did some renovations on the house and they ended up making a bunch of money. They're quite good with the timing as well in in Sydney and um, they went and 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 he he was a bit older than her and and I think he was more established than she was at the start. He offered. Uh, I think it was, you know, a, a few hundred thousand dollars, say. And she said, oh, yeah, I think that's fair. Went to execute the courts and the courts are like, oh, no. Nah, you have half. Not unfair. Uh, not fair. You have to go and now get legal advice to say that you they understand. And then they, uh, they uh, agreed. It. Yeah. So she had to, she still got, she ended up with the same amount, but she had to then go and then get like another lawyer involved and wow. and get a sign off to go back to the court. Wow. And that would have cost her more. It was more, yeah, it was more money. Is that like, like oh, it's the idea that they're protecting, I guess, I don't know. It's, yeah, I suppose. Well, I think that's the thing to make sure that it was equitable, but yeah. she thought it was equitable already, or otherwise you wouldn't be there. But yeah, mm. I don't know. Don't understand it. Maybe that's your next podcast, divorces. Yeah, Grossy, climb. get her back. Her it. last one was very popular. So, oh, was that about divorce? Or? We should just do a wealth network. We need more mics. We we'll have to talk, talk to talk to. <laughs> yeah, Joe. do a roundtable for the wealth network. <laughs> we get that for yeah. actually. We haven't yeah. had Paul. We haven't yeah. seen him a little while back. We got him to co-host with one with us. So, anyway, next time mm. I nominate him next. Yep. Oh dear. Is it neck nominate? Is it? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Stella, thank you very much for joining us. If anyone wants to to reach out to you, how should they do that? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn and I will accept you when I have time. Maybe wait a few weeks. <laughs> when you get the baby <laughs> off the hip. Yeah. So, yeah. Or you can email me, but I'm not going to spell out my last name. So Norbs. Norbs. The Norbster. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Stella. Well, keep fighting the good fight and uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for joining ca- us. Thanks no for coming on. Thanks, guys.